podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Anfield Extra. I am your host, Guy Drinkle, for the post-match, post-Porto game. And this is going to be a fun podcast, because we have absolutely just smashed Porto. Apparently one of the best defences in Europe, and we just smashed them 5-0. So, to join me for this joyous podcast, I've got Tom Holmes. How are you doing, Tom? I am absolutely buzzing, Guy. Absolutely buzzing. What a night it has been. Good stuff, good stuff. It's only going to get better with this beautiful podcast. And joining Tom and myself is Ollie Emerson. How are you doing, Ollie? I'm on top of the world, as I imagine a few members of the Liverpool team are tonight. Good stuff, good stuff. And Ollie, you're obviously doing the player ratings as we speak now. I'm sure you're handing out a lot of nines. Yeah, <laughs> no, a few, few, few fours, few fives. Yeah, uh, yeah the, odd, the odd seven here and there. That's being the goal scorers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, they'll, they'll all be doing well. Absolutely. So, Tom, coming to you, I'll get the boring stuff out of the way. Um, team beforehand, I mean, there was lots of rumours, obviously, Mare- rumours of Moreno starting, Gomez back, um, Matip, Lovren, whoever. Uh, but were, were you happy with the team? I mean, <laughs> it's hard to say no now after that game, but the team beforehand, I, think, I imagine people were looking at that midfield and looking at Lovren going, oh, there's a bit of weakness there, but what, what were you thinking beforehand? Uh, I'm going to be honest and say I would have played Ox. I did think we could have done a little bit more pressing in the midfield, um, but obviously it didn't turn out that way at all, which is fair enough. Klopp got it bang on. In terms of the defence, I was a little surprised not to see Moreno and Gomez, but it seems like both of them were kind of being eased back in, a case of neither of them being 100% yet, which makes sense. I was a little surprised to see Lovren over Matip, but not massively, and truthfully at this stage... I don't think either of them is massively worse than another. I think it was before the Spurs game, I think I said, I was going to say, I think on like the 85th minute of the Spurs game, I remember saying Lovren's had a really good game. This is a good decision. I think it pretty much sums up Lovren's Liverpool career. Like he can, <laughs> yeah. he's, re- he's really, really good for 85 minutes. But, yeah. like, <laughs> but no, I was, I was over, overall, I was happy with the team. Yeah, I mean, there were, we're at the stage now of the season where we've got a couple of options in the midfield and a couple of options in the defence. The front three are going to be the front three. And really, I think a lot of it's very much, maybe not horses for courses, but it's very much pretty much on the level in terms of quality when you take out the obvious standouts, which are Emre Chan and Van Dyke. You take those two out and everyone else is pretty much there. They're about the same level of quality. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, midfield, I mean, you're looking at Henderson, Milner and Ginny there. It's like, all right, no one's overly awful. No one's overly amazing. But Ollie, coming to you, I mean, I won't ask you the same boring question, but that team we had... Just beat Porto five 0 I know Porto. I know Porto were missing a few starters and stuff like that. But that team that had a a good few people worried, including myself, just went and beat Porto five 0 I mean, can you can you actually believe it? <laughs> like you've, I have seen arguments. There's a lot of talk that you know Porto weren't great. It says a lot about their league. They were missing key players. But let's put it. Let's think about this. Liverpool. Liverpool, the goalkeeper situation has been much talked about. So it's not like we can say you know we've got a starting fantastic goalkeeper. We've, we had the, we had our arguably our third choice right back, a kid in Trent Arnold who played brilliantly, but still, we had Lovren there. You can talk about maybe that's a tactical decision, so you can't say well you know Liverpool were missing Matip or something, but you know we all know what Lovren's capable of. Uh, Robertson, we'll talk about how brilliantly he played, but you could say that arguably we didn't have Moreno who played on well the Champions League, um, and then of course in midfield missing missing Emre Chan who's like played some of his best games for Liverpool have come in Europe, so. Whilst you can definitely say it's sort of, you know, Porto were missing a few people, I don't think it's unfair to say that Liverpool could have been stronger too, which is a quite yeah. a scary thought when you look at how the game turned out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is a, it, it's an interesting point. We we certainly, well, we weren't, we weren't missing key key players apart from Emery, as you said. Um, oh, that pains me to say that about Moreno. <laughs> um, but it, it was such a mad game to, to go 5-0. So, Tom, I'll come to you. I mean, 
we've got a lot of goals to cover, so I'll get through them. The first goal, Mane goal. Um, is this the goal he screws up before where he doesn't square it? Or is that the one after? No, no, you're thinking of the right one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously the goalkeeper screws up for us. Um, but so the, that's such a big moment in the Champions League. I know we went on to uh, to smash them, but to to get that uh, get that earlyish goal where it's a goalkeeper mistake, it just kind of set the tone for the game, didn't it? I think it set the tone for them potentially more than it set the tone for us. I think the Salah goal maybe was the one that kicked us on. But I think certainly for them, it's just one of those moments where you just got to look at it and you've got to go, we're better than that. And it's got to be so frustrating as a side when you've started. Because I think they started the game really well. They were probably the better team for the opening 25 minutes. It was quite congested. It was very, very tight. Neither team was having a lot to go for. And then to, to essentially chuck the ball in your own net, that's got to hurt. That's got to really, really hurt us a goalkeeper it's such a huge moment in the match from our perspective as well because that really puts the onus on them because they can't sit back because you they, they can't go to Anfield and get a win they know that it's got to be in their minds so I think I think the Mane goal was really really pivotal in the game I'd argue the Salah one a couple of minutes only for only four minutes later was probably the killer blow I think the Salah one was certainly the goal that probably that probably like not stuffing out of them but the Mane goal must have been hard to take for them especially when, as I say, they were playing really well. They looked on top of the game at that stage. I was feeling quite nervous. And then it's just a horrendous error from the goalkeeper. Um, but good work in the build-up from Genie. to be fair. Um, Genie had a good game overall. I mean, everyone had a good game overall. But it was a really good piece of play from Genie. It was a decent, decent enough effort from Mane. But, but really, you've got to be looking at that first one and going, that's all on the goalkeeper. And it's got to be horrible for him. Yeah, absolutely. Ollie, coming to you... Um... I'm not going to ask you about the goal. I'm going to ask you about what happened after the goal. What was your reaction when it panned to Ika Casillas afterwards? Because I did laugh a little bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because he was like linked with Liverpool. Um, mm. Like the like that as, as sort of like a third choice slash goalkeeping coach slash don't know just general get a Spaniard in or something like. But yeah, you've got to kind of feel sorry for Porto's keeper because he was absolutely few and they. they Obviously, they've got the Portuguese camera into it. They kept cutting to him all night. I think they showed his reaction to the goal about three or four times. <laughs> having all, having like all showed the second before, like Carrius, like laughing or celebrating or whatever. Um, but yeah, like Tom said, it was a real boost. And then <laughs> you've got to feel sorry for Casillas on the bench, like watching, thinking. Although he's obviously not Porto's first choice, but thinking I've got all this Champions League experience. You know, maybe if I'm going to get a go this season, they're going to put me in there. No, I'm going to sit on the bench and watch my uh, mate throw one in. Oh God, it was. It, it just made me laugh a bit. I mean, we saw Buffon have a bit of a bit of a mare the, the night before. I'm thinking, oh, that's not good for the old guard here <laughs> and the young guard with Sars doing what he did. But we'll we'll move on to the second goal because this this is the one everyone wants to talk about. I mean, Mane's uh, long distance effort was good as well, but this Salah goal, Tom. I mean, I, I obviously record the writers' pod for you, and you've but you've been banging the Salah drum since day one we bought him, and Everyone in our WhatsApp group was just saying that is Messi-esque and that is the biggest compliment you can give it, isn't it? We've seen a lot of goals this season from Mo Salah that are just sheer quality. And I just think, I've said this before, the range of the quality as well. He can he does every like aspect of scoring goals brilliantly. And this is just so cheeky. Like The little, the little touch off his head is just fantastic. The control, the level of skill involved in that, it's just taking the Michael. I mean, my gut reaction to the goal was, Oh, that's a nice bit of skill. He's only done that because he knows he's offside and it's not going to count. And then we were all just celebrating. I was like, oh, the, the, the flag hasn't gone up. This has actually stood. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, he's actually just done that. But it's just the sheer nerve of the guy to just do that. Because the thing is, at that stage of the game as well, that was that was the goal that won the game. And that's probably the goal that's won the tie, realistically. That is the moment. that, And it's such a difficult thing to do. But in that moment of just complete and utter control he just has the sheer composure is just phenomenal that more than anything else for me is just that the ice in that lad's veins and he's just he's just, this is what what i've talked about recently he's a player who scores who can score big goals and he's a player who will score goals in big games and in retrospect it might not appear that way but that was a huge goal in the context of this this season that was an absolutely massive goal in the context of liverpool season in the context of liverpool's champions league campaign obviously looking back at 5-0 we can say well you know, who the second one's not that important. But that was, for me, the goal of the night. Oh, yeah, undoubtedly. I mean, I don't think anyone 
could argue that, that that's the best goal of the night and most important. Uh, Ollie, coming to you, I mean, you're young, so you may not remember the Rafa days, um, oh. but um, you've going two nil up away from home in the Champions League. It, it, it's so massive with the away with the away goal thing, but I mean, he scored that Tottenham world the other day, but I think he's just topped it, hasn't he? Like it's it's like it's. It's a goal that should be illegal in. I think it's a goal that is illegal in most third world countries. Is that the audacity just to? It's not even the little flick over the keeper. It's the header and then to put it in. Like yeah, I'll take my time. You you lads, you know, just don't worry about it. I'll knock this in when I feel like it. Um, absolutely amazing goal from an amazing player who's having an amazing season. Thirty goals now. And I, I think I was, I was saying to Tom. Um, during, like, I think just chatting at half-time quickly how this, the goal, it reminds us of one that Messi scored against Arsenal a few years ago when he sort of dinked Chesney and then just volleyed it in after with the keeper sort of watching him. And people were saying when he scored that fantastic goal against Spurs that sort of got overlooked a bit because we uh, obviously bottled something again. Um, when people when he scored that goal against Spurs, people were saying, well, you know, Messi only scores those kind of goals. Well, I think it's another one tonight that you look at and say you don't see that many players with that sort of the audacity, the confidence to just sit the goalkeeper down, take his time and then make sure. And obviously, it was, like apart from the fact that it was an amazing goal, it was a huge goal to... Because like, Porto weren't out of the game at that point. We weren't dominating, um, but 2-0 down. Then we did well and took that into half-time and it sort of set us up for the second half, which was a sort of grandstand finish. So, important question, Ollie. Is it Mohamed Messi or is it Lionel Salah? I think it's... Lionel Salah, because you've, I think you've, Lionel comes first, yeah, and then Salah's afterwards. Okay. Although Mohamed Messi's got a nice bit of alliteration it, to it, it does, so I'm have to does. think about that one. It does. Mm. Tom, for you, which way round? Got a pick. Uh, magical Mohamed Messi for me. Oh, I like it. That's I, a, I, I, that I, is I actually think, a darts name. I, like I think it. it's important to say that Messi is the Egyptian, that's the Argentinian Salah rather yes. than. Salah being the Egyptian Messi. I think that's so, definitely what he's getting across. Based on this season, there is only one player with 30 goals in all competitions out of the two of them. That's that's all yeah. I'll say on that. I like it. I like that it. is a fact. Talking about facts here. Echo Charlie Marafa Benitez. God, you were too young. You don't know him. I remember that. Young, young, <laughs> young viewers may remember us beating Juventus 2-1 at home. That was a big game. No, I don't remember that. I remember... Um, <laughs> I, think my first, I think my first... I think my first Champions League You are killing memory. me here. I think like my first Champions League memory is the um, Arsenal game, the 4-2, was it? Or something like that at Anfield. You're like five year old. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) So yeah, I don't remember Istanbul or... Oh, I can kind of remember. I remember being sad when Simao scored for Benfica, but I don't remember anything else from that season, so... Yeah, yeah. the 2004... Five, six, I think I was still, I think I was still in nappies at that point. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But Tom, that that first half, I mean, we've mentioned it a couple of times. Porto, especially before the first goal, and then obviously the second one came quite quickly after. But Porto was showing signs of a of a good team, and why they have this home record. I mean, um, I think Van Dijk had a, a good block. Um, there was a couple of opportunities they had really. I mean, they weren't like battering the door down, but they seem they had control of the game for probably the first fifteen minutes. So what how how would you rate the first half overall? It was an interesting first half. It was really weird. I, a lot of people going in at half time saying, oh this is great, you know, this is fantastic. We played really well. I don't think we did. I think we were good in the first half. I think everybody kind of did their jobs well enough. There were a few there were a few hairy moments. Lover made a brilliant blocker um at nil nil about fifteen minutes in. Matty obviously made that crucial challenge at two nil. I think the game could have gone very, very differently if Porto had nicked the goal early on or if they'd got one uh, later on in the first half. Overall, it was it was good. I think it was solid. I mean, you've got to put it into the context of we're away from home in a big European night. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to even go in at halftime 2-0 up, regardless of how we played, is a fantastic, fantastic result. And I did think we played well. I don't think we played badly. I just think the longer the game went on, the more... It, the second half kind of... And this is very much a thing about about Liverpool, and it's very much a tactical thing, so a lot of credit to Cop for this. The longer the game went on, the more it played into our hands. And when you're a team like Porto, who aren't used to that sort of thing, because I think that's part of what it is. If you're a team like Porto, you're not used to going 2-0 down at home to a team like to any team at all. You don't, you know, you don't yeah. really know how to react to it. Especially a team 
And this is where we can be really, really good. I mean, if the game plays into our hands like it does today, we can just tear anyone apart because the, because of the way the game played into our hands in the second half. But that was all set up by the fact that we just got a little bit of luck at the crucial moments in the first half. Just, it's, you know, at, the, at the, the bottom line was in that first half, which is a pretty even first half overall, the quality, the moments of quality were produced by Liverpool and the mistakes were produced by Porto. And in a big game like this, that can often be the difference. Absolutely. And sticking with you, Tom, I mean, you, you talk about them not being used to be, uh, them not used to being 2-0 down and not, not sure how to react to it. We obviously see uh, Mane's second goal, which is basically a tap-in, but that flick from Bobby Firmino, I mean, my word. I mean, what what can you do about that? I mean, counter-attacking football is, is Liverpool's forte, and I think that's probably high. That's the goal that highlights our style of play more so than any other goal, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That third goal is pretty much everything that we want to be. It's so... Oh, if you look at the Southampton goal of the weekend, it's so similar to that second goal against Southampton, even right down to the Bobby Firmino doing a disgustingly good flick. And it's a brilliant pass from Salah back to Firmino as well. And Mane, again, it's all about composure. It's all about making sure he stays on side. It's a really, really clinical goal. And that is what that is what you, you end up in situations where if you're 2-0 down at home in a Champions League two-leg tie, you've got to go for it, which means there are going to be gaps opening up. And that is where we can really hit top gear and exploit teams like, even even teams like Porto. This is This is where we really get into... The kind of this is what we are fantastic at, and I think oh, away from home, I think we've got the most we've got the most counter attack attacking goals in the Premier League, and we've got so many of those away from home, just because of teams who have to come out because they're playing at home and they just get caught. And it's just how can you defend against a flick like that from Firmino? How can you defend against Salah's sheer pace? How do you defend against a team that does that sort of clinical counter attack? It's like you can be on the attack and then in in five seconds you're three 0 down and you don't even know what happened. That's how good we can be at that. And it's so, so difficult to defend against. I mean, I just want to briefly bring on something, which is Salah's movement. And this was something I saw all night. He's so hard to defend against. So hard because he never stops moving. And he's always challenging the defenders. And Bobby's the same. And Sadio, to his credit, is also the same. All three of them, they work a defence so, so hard. Which means that when those counterattacks come, you don't know which way they're coming or going and you don't know how to defend against it and suddenly Sadio Mane is free inside the six-yard box and putting the ball into the empty net. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, this is probably one of the games I've seen more the most front-free rotation I've seen. I mean, you've seen Firmino on the left wing, Salah up front, Mane back on his on his favoured right and then, then you see the complete opposite. I mean, you see Salah, Salah on, the, on the right, Mane on the left. There was so much rotation in that game. At times, you just felt sorry for the board of Enders because it, just, it was impossible to mark. It was just brilliant from him. Um, and Ollie, coming to you, your, your thoughts on this goal? Is that is that Liverpool in one goal um, exemplified? I think that's a fair statement. I mean, the, the sort of the swagger, the suaveness, the touches, the finishing from Mane. The, uh, it's, it's like, we talk about it a lot, but it's absolute poetry in motion, the way we sort of just carve them apart. Um, I was fuming at the time because I'd mentioned to you guys before I, I had four, I had a fiver on uh, Firmino and uh, Salah to score eight to one, so I was gagging for a Firmino goal. So I was kind of annoyed when it went in. Strangely, then I sort of composed myself and realised I should actually be quite pleased because two nil is one thing, uh, but we're Liverpool fans, you know. At two nil, they could come back to two one, two two, three nil. Although we have seen us, we know what we can do with three nils, but three nil, three away goals was absolutely massive and. Then to go on, to go on and get four and five is even better, but that I think we'll talk about the sort of individual quality of Salah for the second goal, uh, a fantastic finish from Mane for the fifth, and good finish from Firmino for the fourth. But watching these lads who all have got brilliant individual skills, but then can come together in such sort of a fluid attack, such as there was for that third goal, sort of shows that Liverpool, with these magical three players, we've got the best of both worlds going forward. And it's the timing as well of the third goal. I mean, I know we talk, I've talked about timing already for the second goal, but I said, I said at half-time, we need to make sure we start the second half well. Because against someone like Sevilla and against Arsenal, we just lost control in the opening 10 minutes of those halves. Yeah. So to score, just, I mean, if we get the third before half-time, I think it's a slightly different story potentially. But to get the third straight after half-time rather than straight before, just knocks the stuffing out of them all over again. Because if you've had 15 minutes to regroup, to recapture your thoughts, to re-battle plans, try and work a way back into the game, and then less than 10 minutes later, bang, you're 3-0 down. How do you respond to that? As a manager, how do you respond to that? How do you get your players back in the right mindset? 
after such a after such a big pivotal moment just you know at half time to sort of turn the game around at the very least take it to two and then go well two nil at Anfield that's not impossible but then to, for that to happen just makes it so so difficult yeah I think that's a really good point I mean you highlighted the two games where we kind of imploded at half time I mean the Sevilla game obviously in this competition as well it was well it was highly embarrassing coming they screwed up a lead like that but yeah as you say it's so it's so important to score early in the first, in the uh, second half it, was, it it just set the tone for the rest of the half where we didn't really look problemed or worried at all really in that second half i mean we just looked comfortable and then we didn't we weren't tearing them open at will but we just looked like we were doing what we wanted to do in Porto, and that that's how it ended but um ollie Coming to you for the Bobby goal, um, James Milner, most assists in the Champions League, I believe. James, James Mateus. Yes. As yeah. I like to call him. James the Machine Milner. <laughs> uh, that, that that actually is a good darts name. Yeah. Uh, he, he was, like, we'll t- I'll, get, I'll get to the fourth goal in a second specifically, but just on Milner, obviously, got the assist for He was brilliant. He was playing with the man of a legs 10 years younger than him. Passing really good, winning the ball back in the right areas, doing what I think a lot of us think is probably his biggest strength man the Liverpool team compared to some of the other midfielders in the terms of when we're trying to prize open the opposition. He picks up good positions, sort of nerdles the ball around well, plays those one-twos. I thought that him and Genie playing just ahead of Henderson, I thought they covered the full-backs really well. Like they often like sort of flip sides, so like one minute Milner's covering Trent, then Robertson and vice versa with Genie. Um, it's his sixth Champions League, Champions League assist this season, Messi's got one. Just for a bit of comparison to another player who's quite good. Um, not as good as Milner. He, not as good as Milner. Not as no, not as good as Milner Mateus. Um, he was fantastic, <laughs> and it's a, it's another good assist for that for that Bobby goal, which got me a nice forty quid. Thank you, uh, Roberto. Um, nice, nice work with Robertson down the left again. Good pullback, and it's a really nice finish from Bobby, who, for a striker that doesn't score goals, he's scoring a lot of goals at the moment. Um, uh, another one for him tonight. I think that's 21 in all competitions this season, and we're uh, halfway through February. So yeah, not 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 bad all round from a uh, Milner or Bobby tonight. I'd say it's it's still weird saying Milner. <laughs> he, he should look at it last year. He shouldn't be doing this. And now he's the most got the most assists in the Champions League. It's just, Six assists. It's mad. I don't and did he did he get did he get the assist for the first, for the Salah goal? Oh, God. No. When it's the post? No. 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 Exactly. No. So he, he doesn't even get it for that one. I know. Which, was a, hell, which was a hell of an effort get, as well. Didn't he get free against Spartak? Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were fuming because he came on at left back for Moreno and got as many assists in oh. the game as Moreno had in the oh. rest of the Champions League campaign. I, I had people telling me that Milner's still better than doing stuff like that. But yeah. That's, that's, just, that's just me bantering you both off. I know. know it's hilarious. <laughs> I know, uh, but Tom, uh, coming to you for that goal. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't as counter-attacking as the uh, as the uh, Mane one. But Bobby again, just Milner finding so much space as we as we just played through the lines, and then Milner a simple cro- uh, pass across the box, and then Firmino just scoring a simple goal. Really, I mean, simple football. It's, it's what it's what makes football such a great game. It's ultimately so simple, isn't it? As a defence, you must just be like, just stop it now. Because as a defence, most team most teams go three 0 up away from home in a big game in Europe, and the defence will get and the defence will at least get a respite. But we just kept coming. And as a defence, because the defence is already knackered, like we've run them ragged for seventy minutes, and here they are going, here they are got to defend against more. And it's just you know you get to that point in the game where mentally as well as physically the defence are just so knackered that it becomes so difficult to, for them to defend. And then as a result, you get goals that end up, as you say, being Really, really simple. Really good football again. Mane involved again. Milner with a great pullback. Bobby in the right place, right time. Good finish. And that's one of the things I'm really, really enjoying about Bobby this season. He's getting himself in the positions to score more goals. Because I think we were talking about this at the weekend, weren't we, Ollie? You were the one who asked, is he? Is it a case of um, Bobby um, getting in more positions? Or is it so just, just getting better at shooting, better? yeah. The answer is, of course, both. Um, because his, <laughs> No, it is. like His, his yeah. finishing this year has been much, much better. He's got a lot more clinical this year, which is one of the big criticisms about him. But equally, yeah. he is getting in more positions to score more goals. I think so. It is, it is a case of a bit of both, which is really, really positive news for Liverpool. Because obviously, 21 goals this season, as you mentioned, is a really, really good turnaround for Bobby. I mean, he could, he could hit 30. 
We could actually I mean, play. Like, it's, I mean, not like, it's not like, we, we, what have we got left? 13 Premier League games and three Champions League games. Like, he could hit 30, no problem. Yeah, I mean, to be fair to people who said we don't have a 30-goal-a-season striker, they were right. We yeah, do have two, yeah. in fact. Yeah, well, we did. We didn't. We didn't in the summer. So, in 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 essence, they've like we've gone from it's London buses. We've gone from having none to having two without actually signing a striker, which is quite impressive. Um, didn't Mane hit ten today as well, or something or above ten? So he, twelve a, now. Twelve. So yeah, that's pretty decent for a player who's apparently been a bit shit this year. <laughs> yeah. We are not going there. <laughs> we, should, should we move on to Mane? I mean, we'll, we'll go on to his last goal, which was his best goal. Um, but we, all three of us said before the pod that Mane wasn't playing well, but he's came home with a hat-trick and a match ball, and we're going to have to give him man of the match, aren't we? But yeah, probably. We, we were all saying he wasn't playing that well, and then just ended up getting three goals. So what, what's the crack there, Tom? Uh, it's a combination of things. The first goal is a little bit of luck, yeah, but it's also just a case of pulling the trigger, winning the lottery. The second goal is all about his positioning. I mean, we talk about him not playing well. There are certain things he's still doing really well. He's still working really hard. He's still getting in the right positions. It's I, I, I genuinely think it is just a case of his touch not being quite there. That is all it is for me. He's still getting in the right positions. He's still doing the right things. He's still got one hell of a finish on him. It really is just his first touch. I think, and the thing is, the first touch is such an integral part of a player's game that if you if they don't get their first touch right, it can really look like they're out of nick. But for him, I mean, yeah, the, the fifth goal is just sensational. It's just such a good hit. But it's just a case of you know, you give a player of of Mane's quality that time and that space. I mean, if you look at the angle, there's a great shot from behind the goal. The two defenders, are, neither neither of them are in the picture to block it. Neither of them, are, you know, he'd have to be hitting, he'd have to be missing the target for either defender to block it. So it is just a case if you give him, a, you give him that much space and time in that area of the pitch, and you can't be surprised when he hits the target. And obviously, it was slightly better than hitting the target. It was a really, really good finish. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it is a case of just his first touch, and nothing more than that. Um, his passing's been a bit iffy, but I'm not sure he's necessarily a player who's a gifted passer of the ball anyway. Um, but in terms of the goals, I mean, as I say, the key thing for me is his positioning. He keeps putting himself in positions where he's going to score goals. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the stats going around that. I think he, I think he bettered his uh, goal tally from last season tonight. I think it was. I think. That's no, no, he's. Does it he... was thirteen last season. It's right. twelve this season so far. He's one off his tally for last season now. Uh, but he's got more assists. Then he's got more assists, so he's now got more goal contributions overall. Right. It was thirteen goals, five assists last year, and then twelve and eight this year, I think. Oh, uh, that's still pretty damn good. <laughs> so yeah, Ollie, I mean, yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So, so Ali, for you, I mean, it's. It, I don't think the criticism come about his goal scoring and assists and stuff like. That. I mean, we just said that he's. It looks like he's topped his goal involvement, but I mean, he, he isn't looking like his normal self, but. He's still yeah. a brilliant player, isn't he? Yeah, like he's looked, he 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 has looked off the boil. Obviously, there's more to it than sort of the base goal and assist numbers because I think I think I don't I don't know if he played I don't know how many games he played last season because of his injury and the African Cup of Nations compared to this season. But like he's got he's still managing to score goals, which is what Tom said. He's still getting in positions to score goals. He's still influencing games in that aspect. I think we all would admit his touch looks a bit off. In comparison to last season, he's maybe decision making isn't as good. But when you've got the two lads alongside him playing at the top of their game, it um it sort of doesn't matter as much as long as Marley's still contributing a goal scoring sense. I think he's still doing his defensive work. I don't think uh, his pressing's gone down that much at all. Um, and I think there's been a lot of talk from myself, admittedly, about how. When sort of looking at Liverpool's January, uh, if Firmino goes off the boil or Salah does, and we got a lack of depth in attack. But on the other hand, we do have to mention that if Firmino and Salah keep it up, and then Mane hits sort of the best he can play, then we're going to be even better, which is a scary thought for Europe's defences. Um, so, whilst I, I think it's, it's like we were saying, it's weird tonight. He scored a hat trick, but like, did he actually play that well? Well, yeah, because did well for the second goal to get on the end of it and stay on side. Really good finish for the third. What just I was screaming to pass to Salah, and then I don't I don't know why I was screaming that heavily and so like enraged by it at four 0 up. But I was screaming to pass to Salah. He goes and proves me wrong and stop and just whacks it in the top corner. So 
he wasn't amazing in terms of his overall play and he probably should have had two assists before he scored the first but once he did he just turns it up a notch and comes away with a hat-trick and a match ball and if that means that he gets a bit more confidence back in terms of his first touch and whatever then all the better for it his minutes this season sorry guy quickly his minutes this season are pretty much identical to his premier league minutes last season where he got the pl minutes last year was 2248 13 goals five assists this season, he's got 2,256 minutes for, as I said, 12 goals, 8 assists. So it's pretty, pretty even comparison at this stage in the season. He'll obviously end up with more minutes, though, and obviously end up with more goals. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, let's just hope he hasn't wasted all these goals in one game. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he was he was weird tonight. I think that's the best way of putting it. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't back to electric man here, but he, I mean, scoring three goals. It, it's just absolute clinical Liverpool. Uh, what, it's what we it's what we love it's what we want to be known for is clinical football um, but yeah that, his last goal just just an absolute just an absolute twat it and see what happens wasn't it um, but yeah Porto Porto's defence there I have Jesus <laughs> it just wasn't it just wasn't great um, but we do we do have some questions um, a couple couple inter- a few interesting ones and just get them out so I'll save that one for last so this is from, I am going to butcher your name in advance. This is this applies to everyone, so sorry. Um, I'm keeping consistent with Nina. Uh, we have agreed on that, that we will butcher everyone's name. This is from Gautam LFC. Should Firmino have received credit for another goal for his double round house kick celebration? That is the best celebration apart from Emery's knee slide, isn't it? Um... I think what's better is that Mane copied it. If any, if either of you have seen the video, on I was Twitter, literally Mane's, about to say that <laughs> Mane's back to last season in terms of he has a little go himself. Maybe that's why Firmino does too because he's like caught Mane trying to do one in the corner of his eye and thought, oh, I need to outdo him. It's my goal. But yeah, it's not it's not a bad one, is it? Oh, I, I'm 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 definitely up for sort of if like you know how like if golden boot races come down to like they're, they're on the same goals, they can give it to the guy with the most assists. I think they should probably just. Ignore the assists and give it to the most guy with the like, scissor kicks in celebration. Best celebration wins. Yeah, Firmino is definitely outdoing Ronaldo in that aspect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and Tom, coming to you. Can we wear the orange kit every game? Sadly not, because um, we need to wear the red kit occasionally because we're dead good in red as well. Um, no, I really like the orange kit. It's, it, I'm wearing the orange kit right now, actually. Um, I've been wearing it all night. Um, yeah, I really lo- I really love us playing in the orange kit as well. It reminds me a lot of Toxic Thunder, except with Toxic Thunder, we were occasionally really bad. But no, we, we really seem to love was, playing in this, horrendous. In this kit. <laughs> No, I'm not having it. Toxic oh, Thunder toxic. is a great kit. No. I've got that in my... Anything that with in th- my any- I'm in favour of anything with Thunder and to be oh, honest. God. God, you both have horrible taste. Uh, yeah, but the orange kit is definitely something special. Have we lost the game in the orange kit? No, I think we, I think we've drew like no, the game. No, we haven't lost. Did we? Was it I think we've drew, we drew. Yeah, we drew against yeah, Arsenal. That was it. I, I think, think that's it. Almost every Sevilla, game we lost. I think we Sevilla. Red, haven't we? I think so. Yeah. Swan- no, Sevilla we were in red, weren't we? Swansea we were in red. West Brom we were in red. We've used City the white kit about three times. I reckon the players prefer what... playing in the orange. It's easier to see each other, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, the white kit's so bland as well. <laughs> I like the white kit, shut up. Right, so well, Yorkshire. This is, this is... Bobby Firmino doing Whoa. scissor kicks in the orange kit, that's what you want. Oh. God, this has just turned into like loose women or something. <laughs> 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 uh, God. But um, a couple more serious questions here. So. This will probably be an interesting one. Tom, I'll stick with you. Is that our best performance of the season? No. Um, I don't know what our best performance that's, of the season that's is. That's scary. That is so but scary instinctively, my answer is no. Um, I thought we were all right tonight. I don't think we were... Gr- I don't think we were really, really good tonight. I think we were clinical. Uh, obviously, it's churlish to look at a 5-0 win and say we could be better than that. But I think we have been better than that this season. Um, maybe, to be fair, because it's, it's difficult because you can't judge how... One of the thing, one of the tough things about football is it's easy to look around and say the opposition were bad today, but you can't quite gauge how much of the opposition being bad was because of how good we were. Um, so in terms of has there been a more complete performance against a better team this season? Maybe not, but I don't instinctively I don't think that was our best performance of the season. 
And Ollie, same for you, same question for you. I mean, if you if not, do you have a, do you have a game in mind? Um, I think I think it's our best Champions League performance. I reckon winning five nil away at Porto is better than beating Spartak seven nil at home. And definitely better than beating Maribor 7-0 away. And my last couple of sentences sort of sound really weird when you actually spell them out loud because I think we've scored 25 goals in our last five Champions League games, which, like, for most for most clubs is the maddest thing ever. But given how good our attack is and the goals we score, I think it's kind of like just cunt rolls off the tongue nicely. Um, is that our best game of the season? Like, possibly. We were really good at home to Arsenal. But Arsenal are a bit shit, aren't they? Like, generally. <laughs> Um, Porto were like, not good tonight, to be fair. <laughs> to be, yeah, that, that is true. I think if we don't concede two goals in the last five minutes against City and we beat them 4-1, I think we say City's our best I'd, performance I'd, I'd in the season. Say, I'd still say City. Yeah, I'm probably going to say City because they are, they are, they are, they're definitely not shit. In terms um, of in terms of pure like sort of reaction, that City game was yeah. just absolutely unbelievable. But I think in terms of the... like, I think... I think I'm going to say City, yeah. But in terms of like the eleven Liverpool players all going out and performing their roles to a T for for ninety minutes, because obviously we tailed off at the end against City. I think in terms of the way we managed, and something I'm, I'm going to take the chance to talk about now because I was going to talk about it before and I forgot. One of the things that obviously we've been saying, amazing win, clinicality all on on the pulse, fantastic. But we didn't, maybe we didn't play that well. It's hard to tell. What we know we did really well was manage the game tonight. In terms of we didn't give Porto any clear cut chances. We took our chances well. We sort of, I think, with about two, when 2 0, we're 2 0 up with five minutes to go in the first half. And I sort of remember looking at it and thinking, we're not really going gung ho for the third year. We know that we can just sort of ease it in, um, ease it until half time. And then there was, I think it was 4 0 late on. We were on the counter and sort of, we had a chance to slip. I think we had to say four on five or something like that. And we had a chance to slip someone in. I think someone knocked it back to Milner who just sort of looked up said no we'll leave this one took the ball aside gave it to Trent and we kept possession I think that's something we've seen this sort of brilliant goal scoring devastating performance a lot from Liverpool but what we don't always see is managing the game when we've got them on the front foot knowing when to counter and look for the next goal knowing when to take our foot off the gas in terms of the onslaught of attacking and just keep the ball and that was something that it sounds really boring when we've just like battered a decent team 5-0 in the Champions League but the way we sort of kept it boring when we had to tonight was something that like sort of impressed me in a sort of non oh my god sense but in a sort of more analytical like looking at it in terms of how we can use that for the future sort of kind of way was the way we managed it I think my favourite possibly still the opening 20 minutes against Hoffenheim but that's not a complete as you say it's not a complete 90 minutes and it's not the I think Hoffenheim's probably the, the exact example of what we're, you're we're, talking about we're, we're really good at beating teams that apparently know how to exploit all our weaknesses and they're going to scare us aren't they like before Hoffenheim oh they're so good they're going to expose us and battered them before Porto oh, Porto decent team good defence they know how to exploit Liverpool's weaknesses 5-0 I can't I, I, I love all these it's, um, all these like, football analysts they come on and they, they, they know their stuff but it is funny when they come on and they're like well you know this team from my country they know they know the score yeah the, the score's 5-0 mate <laughs> it's funny how um, we, we, we play teams who people seem to rate until we beat them and then when we beat them they've got to be terrible they're dropped, funny, they're how that, funny, how that keeps, funny how that keeps happening isn't it <laughs> absolutely I mean I, I forgot I actually I think Hoffenheim does get forgotten because it was literally like the third or third or fourth game of the season wasn't it it was very early on but that was such a mad game if we don't, if we don't score those three goals in 20 minutes against Hoffenheim we're not here it's worth remembering. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, it, it's such a it's just been such a weird season. <laughs> it really has. And we've not really had a bad spell yet. So let's hope that like, doesn't come. If 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 man like we, there are bad parts of the season, you can pick apart and say we should have done better there, hit and whatever. But like if Man City aren't that good, then we're arguably in a title race in the last eight of the Champions League. So up the Reds. Absolutely up the reds, um, and I think we have uh, one last question. Let me just get this up. What's the plan for the second leg with a trip to Old Trafford coming straight afterwards? Surely that's we can a rest cracking a few, question. A few. That's a really good question. Mm. So Ollie, I mean, do you want to see the under twenty three? But I want to see Woodburn and Brewster. Brewster's injured. Um, no, uh, I think I don't think we'll rest that many. 
out of half respect to Porto and half the idea that if like I know it sounds stupid because I've got I'm I'm at uni and I'm watching the game with my flatmates and some of them don't know that much about football and they said to me at five nil they were like so because I explained the whole two leg things and and they were saying like well, it's now five nil like Liverpool of what like Porto can't come back can they what I said to them was if I was not a Liverpool fan. I'd say no, there's no hope in hell for Porto, but I'm a Liverpool fan and we bottle things all the time as they've seen watching me scream at the telly in the Sevilla game. Um, I think we, we, we're through now. Uh, I, I don't say, I'm not that confident often, but not to the extent that we can put out the complete reserves. I think probably we'll see, at least what I'd do is give Firmino a rest because there's probably not that many chances to do that this season. I think we'll probably see sort of maybe Lallana in the front three, Ings might start. Um, we'll probably see someone rested in midfield. Probably Moreno might come back in, but I think we'll. I think we'll see. Mignolet might get a game. I think we'll probably. No, I think we'll see. I think we'll see. I think we'll see Van Dyke. I think we'll see one of Henderson or Chan. I think we'll see at least probably one of the front three. So I think there the, the might be players rested, but I think Klopp might think of it as more of a just. Let, Let's not press madly. Let's just, you know, enjoy the night, not get any injuries, not tire ourselves out, and we can make subs at 60 minutes. Uh, because one of the big things about this Liverpool team is we're not that good with breaks. The commentators at 5-0 were saying, you know, about how we're going off to Spain for some warm weather training. We're not playing for nine days. I was thinking, oh, God, we're going to be... That first 30 minutes at home to West Ham could really be painful if we go nine days without playing. So I don't think Klopp will be that keen on sort of letting everyone sort of possibly get out of form ahead of the United game but obviously like the, the, the questions come in I think we, we will see a few players rested that need it but I don't think it'll be an overhaul completely I'm not sure what Tom thinks about that um, I think similar uh, I do have a question I don't know if either of you answers I can't seem to find it with a cursory Google search do we have anyone who's one booking away from a suspension in the Champions League yeah because yeah, if few, I'll, I'll be because if we do we shouldn't play him yeah, like, uh, I, I mean, I, I said it in the WhatsApp group. We should have brought Albion just to foul someone. <laughs> yeah, card. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I think if Moreno's one booking away from a suspension, don't play him. Yeah. Um, I think maybe I think I I would be I would be surprised if we didn't do something similar to what we do tonight. So rest, maybe rotate, rotate maybe four or five in the back line. I'd be surprised if we didn't play all three of the front three, but I could see why we wouldn't. And when you say it, Ollie, it does make sense. Yeah. Rest. I would rest. I, I would take it seriously. I would take it quite seriously. I I wouldn't rest both Bobby and Mo, but I think realistically, Klopp probably should. It's a he'll really, want to. It's a re- he'll want to, yeah. But he's got to resist. I, in my opinion, he's got to resist the temptation. You cannot cannot take any chances. In my opinion, I would maybe play one or two of them. One or two of the boys. I think he probably ends up starting of the front three. He probably end up starting two and bring in two those two off at sixty minutes. Don't you? I can't see. I can just see like a few players rested, and then the other few key names that do start taken off fairly early. I think you're right about um, r- about rhythm and dropping as well. I don't. I don't think you want to give too many of them a rest because if you do, they might not. I, I don't think it's automatic. If you give Bobby a rest, especially he'll, he'll turn up against United. Yeah, especially when we go in to United and we need the attack to be on it because like. They're, I think they're going to park the bus. Like, we're not going to get into United preview, but I think United are probably going to park the bus again in sort of a roundabout way. So we don't want the attack to be completely out of, not out of form, so, but maybe out of Nick a little bit going to that one. So, so Which we, is a big game, got, really. Have we got a 10 day break, West Ham, then it's. West Ham, then no, it's a 10 day break, yeah. a week break, Newcastle. Sorry, a 10 day break, West Ham, or 9 10 day break, and then it's another week break, and then we play Newcastle, and right. then we play Porto. Right. So we've got West Ham and Newcastle. We've got really, we can really like the in terms of just like looking at the next couple of weeks. We've got because we're out of the FA Cup. We've got this nice break, and then um, so, oh, I'm, I was getting really confused then looking at the fixtures, thinking we had a massive break between West Ham and Newcastle. But that's because February's sh- a short month, and I'm stupid. Um, but like <laughs> West West Ham and Newcastle at home, we c- it's nice now because we're in a good position now to kick on in the league based on like uh, the win. At the weekend, um, we can go into West Ham and Newcastle without thinking. Ah, oh, we need to make sure players are, you know, fit and raring to go for Porto, and then we can use the Porto game to go right. Who who might need a rest? Who, like, who's got a slight knock? We could do with not playing against Porto ahead of United. So I think the fact that we've got it done tonight in such sort of style 
is setting up sort of the next few weeks really well for us. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's I think it's quite interesting. I mean, Newcastle, although they they seem to have well, they have a bit of a giant killing. I mean, the Man United game was beautiful, but I think. I reckon they've probably used it up. Yeah. They probably used field, up there. I always field. hate playing Newcastle. Always hate playing Newcastle. They're a horrible, horrible side to play a against. Ra- a Rafa Newcastle as well. But I think... Have we beaten them under Klopp? Uh, I'm pretty sure they we were, haven't. They, maybe last they were, season? No, because they were relegated, weren't they? The first season we drew we drew at home to them. Um, and we... What did we do away? We lost. We I'm lost away, sure didn't we? Because Wayne and Ginny, Ginny scored. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we've lost once and drawn twice. Oh, this is brilliant. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't rest people against Newcastle. <laughs> um, but I think we have we have gone on a bit long, especially seeing as I'm editing editing this straight after. But um, we'll we'll go into man of the match. Maybe talk about a couple couple extra players who are in consideration as well because we haven't really focused on individuals. So Tom, um, man of the match for you, and who who was it between? Can I just say the entire team? Because I honestly no, don't think there that, was a no, single standout. No, I know. Oh, we've, we've just been Porto five 0 away. Does, Nobody does turned your, in a bad. Does team. your arse hurt from that fence that you're trying to jump <laughs> on? Oh God. Um, I'm gonna say to be interesting, I'll say Milner. Oh, I was gonna be interesting and say Milner. Yeah. Well, now you've got to say Mane. But so. I'm not now. <laughs> you have to pick someone else interesting now. Oh, I'm I'm kind of t- like I did the player ratings and you need to go and read the piece. But to give a bit of a spoiler, I gave Trent a seven, and I feel a bit harsh now because like Brahimi is a really good player. Like if a Premier League club went and dropped 40, 50 million on Brahimi tomorrow, I don't think that many people would like blink an eyelid. Uh, and Trent like marched him off the pitch after sixty five minutes. But I'm not going to go for Trent. I just wanted to talk about him quickly. Uh, I'm not going to go for Milner even though he was boss. I'm going to say Firmino. Yeah, because I don't think Mane gets his hat trick without Firmino being so good. Like the flick for the second, the flick for the third goal, which he didn't even score. Really good finish for his goal. Like no centre back in Europe wants to play against him, and that tees up guy nicely to give the man the match. Maybe I don't know to the guy who scored a hat trick. Probably one of us should give it him. Yeah, yeah, that is the right answer. Um, <laughs> I mean, you ha- there's, there's certain laws in football. I mean, the referees don't know them, but one of them is you give person who got hat trick man of the match. <laughs> um, but uh, just a, just a couple individuals. I mean, Robbo was. I think that was probably Robbo's best game attacking wise. Uh, defensively, he didn't have a lot to do, but he didn't look as comfortable as I can't. Which game was it? He had a worldy game, and I can't remember who it was. But anyway, he, he, this was probably his best attacking game where he didn't look like a whole player anymore, whipping crosses into one target man. So that that was a nice thing to see. Uh, Ginny, very good, even though he was still had the least touches apart from Carriers, I think Tom said. Um, and Mo, he was nine. And Mo. Yeah, Mo, Mo doesn't need touches. He just does goals. <laughs> yeah. Mo, Mo, Mo had 34 touches. Five of them were him putting the ball on the back of the net. <laughs> Good God. Good God. Um, yeah, Firmino, brilliant as always. But yeah, Mane, man of the match. Don't, couldn't care if, he, if all three of them came off his arse. you got to give him man of the match. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm the right one there. I'm host. I'm giving it to Mane. Plus, plus it's a nice confidence boost for him. Um, yeah, that seems fair. Yeah. So, just before we just before we go, yeah. sorry, I've got one more thing. Uh, I'm, looking at the, I'm looking at who scored top, top 10 players in Europe. Here are the top 10. So number one is Neymar. This is on stats. So number one's Neymar. Number two is Harry Kane. Three, Mane. Four, Ronaldo. Five, Bobby. Six, Salah. Seven, Phil. And then Milner at 10. So we've got five in the top 10. Four the, the stats top love six. Milner, don't they? Seven. I swear Milner was getting like the 13th best player. I can't remember last year, but there was a he, he was report that came out that had Milner. He was the best left back in the world last year. That was it, yeah. That, that was I mean, absolutely he, bullshit. Right? <laughs> he, was the, he was the best centre mid in the world tonight. So fair enough. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. He made he made Musa Dembele last night look like an absolute bitch. <laughs> I know. Big up, big up for the James Milner Reds. Yeah, our captain. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll finish up there, lads. I mean, we'll come we'll come to plugs. Tom, you got anything on coming out soon? Um, key stats from this game. When I actually get around to doing it, I'm really dreading it now because it's eleven o'clock at night and I really need sleep. Um. Uh, the Writers Pod, which obviously you mentioned earlier, please do listen to the Writers Pod. We're filming it. We're doing it Friday night tonight, so we can get some reaction to this game properly. 
Um, hopefully someone writes a good article about the game tomorrow. Uh, and God, what else have I got coming up? I'm writing an article tomorrow. I don't know what it's going to be on yet, but I have to think of something quite quickly. So um, I'm sure I'm sure there's something I can unpick from this phenomenal game. It's got to be about Milner. 100%. No, it doesn't. I've written about Milner already a couple of times oh. this season and now he's good. Oh. I think it should be about Carrius because it's his eighth clean sheet in 16 games this season, which you wouldn't believe. If I told you that in the street, you wouldn't believe me. Yeah, but if I write an article on Carrius, it's not going to be as good as Josh's article on Carrius. So. That's true. Yeah, go and read Josh's article on Carrius. Yeah, I might get him that's, on the right. That's, 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 that's my plugs done because um, I'll go go and read my ratings and then I'll I'll do something for you next week. But in terms of like long form pieces, Josh is on Carrius is really good. Um, yeah, that's it from me. I think. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah, uh, no, no plugs for me. <laughs> Weirdly, I mean, unless you really want to listen to the listen preview. to this, listen yeah, to this. If, listen if to this. Go back. If you've started again. it, in, if you've started it in reverse, listen to it. And if you've listened to it all the way through, just go back and listen again. Well, someone might have fat fingers and then put it to the end. I, I mean, I have done that a few times. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so when you skip the advert at the front, you just put it to the end. Like, how the hell did I do that? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's. Uh, I've I've enjoyed hosting this. I mean, it is always nice to host a pod when it's five nil. Um, but thanks for joining me both views and thanks for listening everybody um, I, I I imagine I'll be back for the uh, second leg so hopefully we'll be talking about Liverpool under 23s battering Porto under 23s <laughs> um, but thanks for listening everybody, goodbye Podcast Network.